0: You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click Donate. The system is intended to break their spirit once and for all, to make them give up and and, and to simply cycle through the judicial system indefinitely. Jesus' vision for human society was that His kingdom would belong to those presently trodden and excluded, those whose, whose spirit has has uh, been broken, who don't have the will to even keep trying. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 256 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee might have to offer us today in our work of resistance, survival, liberation, uh, reparations, and uh, transformation. Our title this week is Who Are the Poor in Spirit? And our feature text is Luke. 418 cross-referenced with Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, the recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, Luke's gospel, right in the beginning here, it sums up Jesus's itinerant teaching ministry with Isaiah's words of of solidarity and and liberation for the poor, for the incarcerated, the, the people who are oppressed, and, and, and the indebted, the vulnerable, marginalized people. And, and the Jewish and Christian sacred texts, they contain passages uh, both of liberation and of oppression. And you'll find texts that, that liberate women from patriarchy and that, that teach patriarchy itself. You'll find uh, passages of liberation from slavery, like Deuteronomy 2315, as well as many more passages that actually endorse and approve of slavery. You'll find passages that teach xenophobic genocide and, and those that promote care and generosity towards the stranger or or the foreigner. You'll find passages that describe wealth as a great blessing and, and, and those that praise liberating the exploited poor from the wealthy. You'll, you'll also find texts that teach inclusion and acceptance of the LGBT community. And you'll also find those that teach their exclusion. Whatever you're looking for in the scriptures, you can find. And, and the Gospel writers also had those options when they picked passages from the Torah from the songs from the prophets and Luke's gospel chose a passage from the prophets, that speaks of liberation for those who are oppressed by people in positions of power and privilege. This is what was chosen to sum up Jesus's ministry. Both Matthew and Luke's Gospels, they include variations of, of the core of Jesus's teachings. These, these words specifically, looking at his disciples, this is Luke 6, 20 through 26, looking at his disciples, he said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, For you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you've already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. And woe to you when Everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Now, in these words, we see Jesus's solidarity with and his his liberation of those on the undersides and the margins of his society status quo. Jesus came to call for change, and and these were changes that would be a blessing for those that the present structures had caused to be poor, had caused to weep, had caused to go hungry. These changes would, would also mean, though, and we have to keep this in mind that hold this intention. They would also mean they would also be a woe for those who were designing and benefiting uh, from those structures. Matthew's version of these words is a little broader. In Matthew, Jesus called for for changes for the meek rather than the assertive person, for the the pure in heart rather than those that were corrupted by greed, the the, the peacemakers rather than than merely peacekeepers, and those who are hungering and thirsting for the Hebrew prophets' distributive justice or for righteousness rather than those. Uh, just alleviating guilt with with charities and 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 the merciful uh, uh, were to be blessed rather than the merciless. The uh, the one group that stands out to me as I, I reread this passage is is that Jesus said that there would be those who would be blessed by the changes that he called for specifically were the poor in spirit. In Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I was recently revisiting Michelle Alexander's masterpiece, The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration in the Age of Colorblindness. And one section that describes the permanent consequences of a person who's been branded as a, a, a felon after they've served their sentence, um, from from, from not being allowed to find housing or employment to to having your right to vote, uh, to to, to having your right to serve on a jury forever taken away. These are the experiences. I want to read just a few of them. These are the experiences that break people's spirit, that make people poor in spirit. Here here are just three stories that uh, Alexander shares. This is Clinton Drake. He was a veteran. He, he, He says, I put my life on the line for this country to me not voting is not right it led to a lot of frustration and a lot of anger my son's in iraq in the army just like i was my oldest son he fought in the persian gulf conflict he was in the marines this is my baby son over there right now but i'm not able to vote they say i owe 900 in fines to me That's a poll tax. You've got to pay to vote. It's restitution, they say. I came off parole on October 13, 1999, but I'm still not allowed to vote. Last time I voted was in 88, Bush versus Dukakis. Bush won. I voted for Dukakis. If it was up to me, I'd vote his son out this time, too. I know a lot of friends got the same cases like I got, not able to vote. A lot of guys doing the same things I was doing, just marijuana. They treat marijuana in Alabama like you've committed treason or something. I was on the 1965 voting rights march from Selma. I was 15 years old. At 18, I was in Vietnam fighting for my country. And now, unemployed, they won't allow me to vote. And that's from pages 159 through 160. There's also an unnamed woman. When I leave here, it will be difficult for me in the sense that I'm a felon, that I will always be a felon. For me to leave here, it will affect my job. It will affect my education, custody of my children. It can affect child support. It can affect Uh, It can affect everywhere Family, friends, housing People that are convicted of drug crimes Can't even get housing anymore Yes, I did my prison time How long are you going to punish me as a result of it And not only on paper I'm only on paper for 10 months And then I leave here That's all the parole I have But the parole isn't going to be anything It's the housing It's the credit reestablishing I mean, even to go into the school To work with my child's class And I'm not a sex offender But all I need is one parent to say, isn't she a felon? I don't want her with my child. That's pages 162 through 163. And the last one is from a gentleman named Willie Johnson. My felony conviction has been like a mental punishment because all of the obstacles, every time I go to put in a job application, I've had three companies hire me and tell me to come to work the next day. But then the day before, they call or they will call and they tell me, don't come in because you have a felony. And that is what is devastating because you think you're about to go to work. That They call you and say, because of your felony, we can't hire you. I have run into this at least a dozen times. Two times I got very depressed and sad because I couldn't take care of myself as a man. It was like I wanted to give up because in society, nobody wants to give us a helping hand. Right now I'm considered homeless. I've never been homeless until I left the penitentiary. And now I know, that what it feels like to be homeless. If it was not for my family, I would be in the streets sleeping in the cold. We black men have three strikes against us. Once, because we're black. Number two, because we're black and male. And the final strike is a felony. These are the greatest three strikes that a black man has against him in this country. I have friends who don't have a felony and have a hard time getting a job. But if a black man can't find a job to take care of himself, he's ashamed that he can't take care of his children. And, and these stories, they add new meaning, I believe, to Jesus' saying that he was sent to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, uh, for those who've been labeled as felons, even those who are formerly incarcerated. Uh, The the opposite of being poor in spirit, remember, you find this in Luke 180, is being strong in spirit. And and this society, it rewards those. our, Our culture rewards those who, in addition to being privileged in other ways, are also strong in spirit. They have drive. They have Fight. They 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 compete and they they, they keep going till they win. And the stories uh, 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 that Michelle Alexander tells these are stories of those who, no matter how hard they try, now they can't even survive. The system is intended to break their spirit once and for all to make them give up and and, and to simply cycle through the judicial system indefinitely. Jesus's vision for human society was that his kingdom would belong to those presently trodden and excluded those whose, whose spirit has has uh, been broken, who, who don't have the will to even keep trying. Jesus cast a vision for a world, not of charity that leaves the unjust structures in place, but where all oppression, injustice, and violence towards the vulnerable has been put right. And what does a, a world look like where people aren't in need of continual charity or relief, where instead they live in a just society? And What does a world look like where where people who are presently broken or, or downtrodden are instead given what they need to thrive? And what does a world look like where people who are, are vulnerable and pushed to the margins by those at the center are instead cared for or cared about? And I believe that we have to start with that vision. And I'm not preaching utopia. Utopia movements have backfired too many times in the past with very destructive results but but we have to at least begin with the discussion of what what a utopia would even look like if we're going to push our our present reality in a more just a more safe a more compassionate direction we can argue about whether or not a utopia is possible But as my friend Ashley Wood Henderson, uh, she's a co-director of the Highland Center. She shared with me uh, recently this year, earlier this year, uh, discovering what our utopias even look like is very often the first step in discovering what we need to be working on in our work of shaping a better world. And it was this work of shaping a better world that I believe Jesus called his disciples to. And it's 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 really only this kind of discipleship that holds any real interest to me anyway. And I'll close with the words of Sam Wells. This is from the introduction to Ched Myers' Binding the Strong Man*. The traditional way of understanding discipleship as one of taking people out of the world because it is a hostile place, promising them a better place in God's heavenly kingdom, has been radically transformed by this insight. Jesus calls us rather to change the world in such a way that it will cease to be the hostile place it is as we construct the way for God's reign on earth. The one thing everybody seems to agree on today is that there's plenty wrong with the world. There are only two responses to this. Either go and put it right yourself, or if you can't, make life pretty uncomfortable for those who can until they do. When we take stock of our relationship with the powerful, we ask ourselves, does the shape of my life reflect my longing to see God set people free, and do I challenge those who keep others in slavery. Yeah. Here's to the work of, of shaping a world that that uh, may be able to look one day uh, uh, like a world where we can say, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Heart group application this week, this week, Ron Dellums passed away. And if you're unaware of who he was, I'll put two links. I'll put a link to the New York Times article regarding his death. And I'll put, I'll put a link in there to his Wikipedia page so you can discover for yourself who he was. But with Mr. Dillon's death, I'm reminded once again uh, of the work uh, those who have gone before us have dedicated their lives to, their, their importance to us and and our importance to them. It's important that we continue their work of justice and peace and humanity toward all. And, and they took up the work from those who came before them. And we have to continue that work, taking it as, as far as we can during the time that, that together that we have. And in honor of Ron Dellums this week, I want you to have your uh, heart group take a few moments and just watch it an- an interview with Ron from 2015 and, and discuss your responses with the group. Um, you can find the, the interview a link to the interview and in this week's e-site. I'll, I'll post it there. And, and the interview actually begins in the, in the link that I'll post, the video that I'll post. It, it begins at Minute Marker 2618. And, and what, I, uh, what I'd like once again is for you just to discuss your responses with your group after you, you, you watch it and, and then ask yourselves as a group, what would it look like for your heart group to lean more? deeply into <clears throat> excuse me into a, a dedication to to challenging all forms of injustice and and pick something from your discussion and and put it into practice this week thanks for checking in with us wherever you are today keep living in love and survival resistance liberation reparation and and transformation another world is possible i love each one of you dearly i'll see you next week